are listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Welcome back to Doing Law Differently. I'm Lucy Dickens, and today I'm joined by Rose Cocchiaro. Rose is an accredited family law specialist and the passionate driving force behind Resolve Divorce. Rose founded Resolve as she was compelled to right the wrongs that she saw from years of litigation. She believes in supporting the community to demand more from their legal experience during divorce, and she aims to help nurture the overall well-being and personal growth of people and their families. In this interview, Rose and I talk about the approach that her firm takes to family law. She calls it the Resolve Way, and it's a refreshingly forward-thinking and very human approach. We talk a lot, and I emphasise a lot, her real focus on well-being and personal growth, because these aren't terms that you often hear with legal process, especially divorce. The Resolve Way really encourages clients to focus less on what happened in the past and more on what the future holds for them. You'll hear Rose's enthusiasm for her work through the interview, and she really is living proof of the success that can come from being client-focused, making it about them, not about us, and not being driven by the bottom line. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Rose. Thanks for joining me. No worries. Thanks for having me. I'm very pleased to have you here. And as I mentioned to you just before we hit record, I'd intended to get you on the podcast after you won the Lawyers Weekly Thought Leaders Award last year and haven't managed to get around to it yet. So here you are. Congratulations on winning that award. Thank you. It was a really humbling experience, but a really good one nonetheless. And it's opened up lots of opportunities. So it's definitely been something that I'm very proud of and excited about. Absolutely. And as you should be, I'm interested to learn more about what was behind you winning the award. I know you won the thought leader category. So some of what we talk about today is no doubt going to feed into the reasons why uh, you were the winner there. So tell us about the approach that you take at Resolve Divorce. Well, Resolve is the brainchild that I came up with after I left years of litigation. I've always been in family law and I wanted to really right the wrongs of of what I experienced in so many years just because I saw how emotionally fragile and easily led our clients are in family law and they're looking to us for that guidance and the refuge really and too many lawyers uh, didn't take on that opportunity to give them the experience that they needed and they were um I thought we needed to give an opportunity for them to have more of a well-being experience and and more of an opportunity to learn and grow throughout divorce make it not such a horrible experience for them but make it an opportunity for them to see a new future so I was frustrated. Uh, I was frustrated with the way the legal profession were not being accountable to the role they played. And I wanted to start a firm where we could give clients more of what they needed and really be able to listen out for them and work with what they needed. So Resolve is, it's purposely not Resolve Divorce Lawyers. It's Resolve Divorce because it's more than just about the law. It's about giving the clients an opportunity to achieve their best outcome. And so their best outcome is whatever they deem it to be. We work really hard with them to 
ascertain what their goals and needs are and what they want their future to look like. So obviously the law is an important part of that, but it's also about really working with them really clearly around making their plan for their future. So in doing so, we look uh, at using a number of different out-of-court options for them and really talk to them a lot about options that are available out there. The court really is something that, that we see as a last resort because the court can't give them the emotional outcome that they need and that's a lot of the time what people are, are certainly looking for. So in our negotiations we talk to them about this roundtable promise that we have and in every case we give an opportunity to do that and then our web wellbeing program which uh, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot in that. I'm really looking forward to diving in. I mean, I've been writing some notes as you've been explaining more so that I can go back and ask you about certain things. But I want to start back at the beginning where you indicated that you saw the legal profession or the legal process as a contributing factor to why divorce was so crappy. Mm-hmm. I haven't divorced, but having known people who have and worked with people who are divorcing, in general, it's not a pleasant experience. So you obviously saw that traditional law only contributed to that. Yeah. So I'm not naive to think that divorce is a pleasurable experience, and I'm certainly not promoting that it is. I'm just here saying it doesn't have to be as ugly as people have previously considered it to be and a lot of people still do believe it to be. It is all about how the process of negotiation and how the communication between the couple is managed throughout the lengthy negotiation process that happens. Mm. Most often... People do not come in to see us hating their spouse. They do not. They've obviously had loves between them before. They uh, have a fam- most of the time they have a family together. So they don't come in with pure contempt. They might be they might feeling guilty about the way they've acted. They might be angry with the other person for the way they're behaving or for whatever has caused the, the separation. But they're not out for a nasty battle. If you ask anyone in the beginning, they're not looking for years and years of litigation. Um, But what happens is the information that they are receiving and the way they're led by too many lawyers who aren't, in my view, and I know this is controversial, but in my view, they're not taking their role seriously enough uh, on the importance that they play toward the way these people behave. Mm -hmm. These people are vulnerable and you all know when when you're vulnerable and when you're in this state of stress and high anxiety that you turn to people that you trust to guide you. And as lawyers, we are those people that they trust and they look to and they tell us what to do, tell me what to do. I don't know. I've not done this before. So that's where I see it is a huge obligation on us to to not lead them down the path of litigation unless it is absolutely impossible and there's nothing else they could try and we've tried everything else. But most of the time, there are so many other sensitive and respectful ways to do it. And Nine times out of ten, there's children involved and think about the kids. <laughs> and that, that leads to your point why you're not resolved divorce lawyers because it's not all about the law. That's very clear from everything that you've said to me that this is so much bigger than the legal issues and the who gets what in the property separation. Talk to me about your wellbeing program. I'm really interested in this. Yeah, okay. So it's really evolved over time. When I started uh, Resolve, I thought it was going to be a law firm. Actually, naively, I thought it was going to be purely collaborative practice. So I'm trained in collaborative practice. And I thought we didn't need 
the law litigation at all. I soon learned that that left me in a vulnerable position when it came to negotiation because I found that the very conservative traditional type lawyers had little respect for the collaborative practice and thought that they could kind of bully us around. So we quickly moved into ensuring that our clients could get access to court and it it did change the way that we other lawyers interacted with us. So that was one thing we learned pretty early on. Mm -hmm. But it was always with the intention of it's out of we we aim to be out of court wherever wherever possible. Look at all these options you have to negotiate out of court. It is not the first thing to do to start a court application or to write a letter, write a nasty letter uh, to your spouse train my team uh, to stay away from those types of letters, to really just focus on goals, objectives, needs, and then and talking to the clients about negotiation options. So moving into the wellbeing program that we've recently developed, it's more around we've always put people in touch with other resources. So third-party professionals that they need. Uh, as we recognise that, we're the lawyers, but they'll need all sorts of other types of supports like, and it's different for everyone, but social workers, psychologists, accountants, financial planners, the work. There's, there's so many other different types of people. So we've um, strategically formed lots of different relationships with all these different types of people. We then work with our clients to sit down with them and come up with their plan. And it's their wellbeing plan based on um, the emotional outcomes they want as well as the financial and legal outcomes. So we look overall quite holistically at their needs and we work backwards from their needs and then work out who they need to use and who we need to put them in touch with Mm -hmm. and who we need to manage and work alongside to ensure that they have all the access to all the information that they uh, need and should have in this process to then make an informed decision. So the wellbeing program is st- starts with that with that plan, and then we introduce. We're just starting to introduce the the concept of divorce coaching. Happy to talk through that because I'm doing mm-hmm. a, co- a program out of the states at the moment to qualify as a certified divorce coach, because that's where I'm passionate to take this because uh, I see the benefits in people really focusing on the future around um, the way they want their future to look. And so we work with all different types of people and then check in with them really regularly about their well-being, whether they're accessing the supports that we've identified in the beginning as part of their plan that they need, and then putting in place the negotiation at the right time for them to bring someone into a mediation when they're just clearly not emotionally at the right stage and ready for that. So we just manage it really well. But the way I see it, it's like a one-stop place for them to come. Yeah, so you actually create a plan with them at the beginning that is a wellbeing plan. And on that plan, you say, here's a counsellor, here's a psychologist, here's the social worker. And then do you work with those other professionals or is it up to your clients to then go off and build those relationships with them? No, we've got all the relationships we've built. So we manage that for them and with them. And it's all part of our fee and where it's all ingrained in. So as a resolve client, you have the ability to work in this way and we will match you with the right And when I say the right, we know all the personalities and and the different nuances of each of the professionals we work with. So we tend to match people depending on um, what we see as their their appropriate skill and personalities. So we make the connection and then also um, work with them together. They have to independently appoint them. They don't work with us uh, or for us or anything like that. They're independently appointed, but we do, they know exactly what we expect of them Mm -hmm. as a resolve 
uh, family, as part of our resolve family. So they know what to give us when, you know, so for example, when we send them to a financial planner, they've got strict guidelines around mm-hmm. what it is that we want them to do and, and what, what we want to see from that. Yeah, they know what the objectives are, which is different to having a client and saying you should get some financial advice. You know, that, that's a very different thing to you saying, yeah. here's a financial planner that we have a relationship with. They know how we operate. We can tell them what your objectives are and we can tell them what we need from them during this process. And that is a completely different engagement to the go get some advice. It is. And it's ongoing too. So we'll start yeah. the engagement, we'll email or call them, tell them about the client obviously with their permission, and then it's an ongoing thing. They've met with them, they then report back to us how they went, where they think we could discuss certain things with them. They're not sure about legal entitlements about certain things. So we manage it thereafter. Mm. Uh, Financial planners, we work with a lot because when we're doing property settlements, we work very much to understanding the goals of the client moving for the future. So what their needs are financially and how much out of this property settlement would they need and how much support would they need to move forward with the goals that they want for their life. That doesn't always mean that's what the legal outcome would give them. We obviously give them legal advice, but we're not so focused on whether the legal outcome is correct, but more about does it meet As you might understand in family law, there's millions of cases that are run to the court just based on what the asset pool consists of. Mm. It doesn't need to happen, especially if you have plenty of money to go around. A lot of the time it's, you don't, do you really get your stated percentage because that's what the law says? Or is it really about achieving an objective and outcome for you that that gives you everything you're going to need for the lifestyle you want, regardless whether there's more in the pool or not? So um, that's a bit controversial, but that's the way um, we, <laughs> we, we tend to. It's very future focused. It's saying it doesn't really matter what the past looks like. Let's focus on where you're going in the future and how we can set you up to achieve those goals and those objectives. Yeah, it really is. And a lot of what family law is about is looking in the past. And mm-hmm. when the instructions you get from the clients, the um, the way you prepare your the case, the affidavits, everything. It's all about the past. Yeah. Obviously, there's a part of the Family Law Act that relates to the future and what the needs are. We like to flip it and make it more about the future, mm. but obviously still balancing the sense of justice, if you like, for the value that that person has contributed to the asset pool as it exists throughout. So there obviously is a big sense of the, the, the themes of the law come out a lot in our discussions, but it's not so much about percentage. We very, very rarely talk percentages with our clients. Have you got your hands on my new ebook? It's filled with 80 short, sharp, and practical tips to help you firm your foundations, sort your strategy, and optimize your operations so that you can modernize your law firm. Get your copy at lucydickens.com.au forward slash ebook. Tell me about your divorce coaching then. Divorce coaching. Oh, I've just started the course. I can see you light up. You can tell how excited you are by this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... 
I've just done the course. It's out of the States in Pennsylvania, I think it is, but don't quote me, Philadelphia maybe, one somewhere. Somewhere that has a P. Yeah, somewhere with a P. We have Zoom calls twice a week for three hours at a time. Wow. Yeah, and so we're getting on, you know, with people from all over the world. It's, it's fascinating just that part of it. But don't quote me on any of this, but the idea about it all is really just helping people who are suffering through divorce really self-discover and work out what it is they want their future to look like, how they can achieve the objectives that they want through their divorce and to really be their sort of their spokesperson, not spokesperson, their support person throughout. So one big challenge for me I've already noticed is um, obviously not being able to give legal advice and in coaching, tell people, how to act or how to think or what yes. to do. It's all about asking questions. Yeah, you've got to yeah. let them discover it for themselves. Yeah. So that's hard for me because, as you can tell, I'm a talker and so I liked and a problem solver. So that's my biggest struggle, but I'm hoping to get through that and, uh, and really then get enriched. And what I'm hoping to do with it really is to then bring all of those learnings into the wellbeing space uh, for our clients and use that to just better our wellbeing program. Yeah, it sounds really exciting. And you spoke to me earlier on about personal growth and personal growth and well-being and future goals and self-discovery. None of these are words that we would typically associate with any legal process, I guess, let alone divorce. So I think it's really exciting that you're able to flip this. And I guess you're also appealing to quite a niche audience. You know, the, the clients that you work with are the people who want to better themselves throughout this process, not the people who want to get into a fight that is focused on the past. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's the branding and who we are, the people that come to us genuinely don't want to fight. Mm. But in all of my years before Resolve, uh, most of the time people were like that anyway. They're just, like I said before, they don't, they don't come in intentionally wanting the fight unless we put them we convince them that way mm. so it's exciting for the people that take everything up now not everyone does not everyone accepts that they need all the support that we are offering and it's often the case in the beginning they are sometimes a little bit concerned by it or afraid by it but slowly throughout the process once they start trusting us more they then start trusting what it is we can give them and help them with and and sort of they they look at it so yeah hopefully the divorce coaching becomes part of that program in a big way I'm not sure what that's going to look like yet or how it's going to happen we just have to watch this space (laughs) sounds exciting We've spoken a lot about your purpose and your philosophy and this well-being approach, but I also like to ask about the practical stuff. I know that's something that listeners are really keen to learn about. So how does it work in a practical way? How do you deliver the services? What technology are you using? What tools are you using? Do you have processes that bring this to life? I know you've just launched the Divorce Bar. Um, Maybe use that as an example. Tell us how that works. What's sort of the behind the scenes setup? Yeah, okay. So the divorce bar came about a soft opening and it's going to have a bit of a revamp soon and then we'll start launching it properly. But the divorce bar came about more so during COVID. Yeah. Everyone's using the word pivot. I'm not sure whether pivot is the right word. Whatever it is, it's we had to adjust and it was it was a reflection time, right? It was a time to think, okay, what are we currently doing? How can we improve? And it's always been on my mind that we could help people in a broader sense 
than just face-to-face and also just in our small Adelaide community. So the Divorce Bar is an opportunity for us to reach more of a national audience, but also importantly, it's to give couples an opportunity to work together because we often find couples reach agreement together. They don't want it undone by lawyers and they don't trust to send one to a lawyer. There's that level of distrust about lawyers. So the whole concept of the program is you don't have to come in to see a lawyer at all. You can contact us and we can prepare um, any documentation for you, provided you've got an agreement about it. And it's all fixed fee and really easy and it's a 48-hour turnaround depending on what you get. And so we're hoping that we can really help some people that never have to leave their couch really and don't have to make the time to come in and just don't need to worry about lawyers getting in the way. So excited about that. But that is just one offering, obviously. The, um, mm. the face-to-face offering is the main way we work and it's really coming to offering clients the roundtable negotiation options. So we talk to them about, we call it DIY, which is we give them some advice and then they sit down with their spouse and they try to negotiate a deal. With you there or you're not there at that point? No. Yeah, okay. So there's, there's one option that we, we don't, it's just really that we're in the background. You don't even necessarily need them to know. We've just supported you with some um, some advice and some guidance mm-hmm. and then you can go off and negotiate if you're strong enough for that. Otherwise, we're very, very close with um, a number of family therapists here in Adelaide and we like to recommend family and relationship therapy to people at first instance. And that's pretty well across the board. That's just part of our results way. I've got this very clearly set out document that talks about what the resolve way is and it's strict and uh, everyone that works here understands that that's what that's the way you need to practice but it's essentially around really understanding your client's goals and needs and getting into what we were talking about before but family therapy is a big part of that because we find that in the majority of children's cases when we send it out to family therapy people are able to resolve their their children's matters very very sensibly and in a better way than we could they've had some legal advice from us which is helpful but otherwise they sit down and really nut out the issues there and then we help them formalize those documents so it's it's not often that they come back without an agreement in family therapy but relationship therapy is for the type of support that they get through the process so just sort of helping the two of them nut out issues not necessarily even to do with children but just to do with the way they uh, can communicate with each other so that when they are present at the negotiations and have the baggage to deal with that. So that's one big thing in terms of our process we like to recommend. Mm. And then we talk to them about all the other types of collaborative practice, which I could talk about all day because I have um, a lot of strong feelings about and <laughs> um, mediation. And so, and we'll work in any different type of mediation, but we have some pretty good interest-based mediators here in Adelaide that we use, only interest-based. Otherwise, it's no more than a conciliation conference in my view, which is a court conference. And then, uh, so they're the other types of informal conferencing that we like to, to sort of put people through. The So we talk to them a lot about those. We also, collaborative practice is the formal negotiation opportunity for clients to sit down, two lawyers, two spouses and two neutrals, so neutral financial and neutral relationship 
therapist, but you sign an agreement that says neither of you will go to court. Um, we'll also we'll obviously embark in that, and that's our first preference. But if people don't want to do that, we do also offer a different type of same themes and philosophy around collaborative practice. It's not called collaborative because it's very different, but um, no one has to sign anything to say they don't go to court. So, mm. um, yeah, there's lots of different ways you can bring the practical negotiation to that side of it. I think it's very inspiring. I love how you have this real focus on the human and the relationships and the personal growth, like I said before, and we don't see that very often. It's a completely different approach, which is obviously why you won the Thought Leaders Award, because it (laughs) is thought leadership. It's a completely new approach, but definitely one that I can see a lot, a lot of value in, as do your clients, obviously. Yeah, I find what it is, is I think about it from the client's perspective, more so from the legal perspective. When I was starting Resolve, I had some more traditional older colleagues in previous employments uh, say to me, oh, you're never going to make any money. You need to litigate. That's where the money is. I just remember thinking that that was so small-minded and that didn't give any thought or any concern about the role, why I became a lawyer in the first place, like Mm. what our role is and and how we can help people. Mm. And um, And so I've just continued to bring that philosophy to the practice in every single way and it's just grown. I look back at that conversation that I had before I started and I think that was the small-mindedness of that has just let us grow so much because um, the referrers, the clients, we're getting so many people coming back, you know, sending their friends, the referrers like it as a a fresh approach uh, not having had years and years of litigation, but in and out really, and you know their clients are reporting back to them that they're happy. It's never happy. Um, I probably shouldn't use the word happy. Um, family law is not happy, but um, but they can still be happy with your service. That's what they're talking about. So they're still happy. They're happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but you know the relationships stay together. They're able to be friends afterwards, and that's that, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a huge plus. I think we've done our job really well if they can they can manage that. What advice would you give to someone who wants to do law differently? I would have to say that it all comes down to what I was just talking about. If you are client-centric and client-focused and think less about yourself and the bottom line and more about what, what you can do to help the clients you serve and how you can bring about a positive change to the community that you're in, then you can't go anywhere but up. Love it. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Rose. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for tuning in to Doing Law Differently. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd love you to leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find out about the show and I love hearing what you think. Otherwise, if you're not on Apple Podcasts, send me a message and let me know. You can find all the past episodes at doinglawdifferently.com.au.